Arai san, to mark your dishonorable retirement from Honda Motor Corporation after great shame of Formula One engine, we present you with traditional leaving gift of a carriage clock. It is running slow. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm the Gareth. He's the Zog. Hello. He's the Richard. Hello. And I apologise for starting this show at a hell of a rate, but I have a sort of sense of stop press about me. I was just sitting at my computer unusually, and this hot, literally hot off the printer, F1 gets dramatic qualifying overhaul. Following a meeting of the Strategy Group and the F1 Commission in Geneva, the format change has been voted through to spice up the show. You see, now I'm suspicious as soon as I hear those words, to spice up the show. I'm all for a better show, but I'm worried that there's some dodgy tinkering coming up. Right, what, so bear in mind, we're recording this on, um, on Tuesday, Tuesday evening, yes. and we genuinely don't know about this. We've I'm going to take a guess just that it's, are they going to do this reverse grid thing? That's, That's your a guess. good guess. That's yeah. a good guess. Um, they're talking about spice to get up it can't be anything to do with just changing the number of sessions. Jerry Halliwell, Mrs. Red time. Bull will decide the top ten, apparently. That's <laughs> how they're spicing it up, right? Ooh. All right, qualifying will remain as a one-hour session. I'm reading this as we go. We're discovering this, whatever it is, which is good. Split into three segments, so no changes yet. But the drivers must be on track throughout each part until they get knocked out. So it's a demolition derby kind of... (laughs) (laughs) So without Pastor Maldonado... They have to keep circulating until until they're eliminated. Is that what they're saying? That's why it's a knockout. So what happens when you have to stop for fuel? Is that what it means? Have you got to run? That they have to run continuously. They have to lap continuously. That's what it sounds like. Details on how this new qualifying format will work exactly have yet to be decided, but the general outline (laughs) has been agreed. Q1 will now last 16 minutes... And after seven minutes, the slowest driver will take no further part in oh, the this, session. Well, immediately mm. this sounds like it has an elegant simplicity. No, not elegant simplicity. I mean needless complexity. I mean, it's musical oh, chairs, oh, isn't it? God, the last ones, not to find a grid slot, sits reading, down. Yeah. This is Every nice. 90 seconds thereafter, the slowest will be knocked out until there are only 15 drivers remaining. So it's, it's sort of musical chairs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Like, there are going to be radio messages going out. You're in the drop zone. You need to do a fast lap well, no. within the next 90 seconds. Well, that bit is quite no. interesting. No. See, all right, I'm taking it back. This has promise. After a short break, Q2 will commence and last 15 minutes with the slowest driver eliminated after six minutes. So the same as part one, but it's but shorter. six rather than seven minutes yep. for no apparent Because reason. there are fewer cars on circuits, oh, okay. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So less action over time as was the case in Q1 the slowest driver at the time will be knocked out at 90 second intervals until 8 remain so the same sort of continuing process Mm. eroding your Maldonados and your pay drivers the next 5 drivers will drop out at 90 second intervals you've missed a bit Q3 will last 14 minutes and see the process repeated again with the the slowest taking taking no further further part to 5 minutes minutes. so same but in the time time zone fewer drivers the next 5 drivers will drop out at 90 second intervals leaving the final 2 drivers to fight it out for pole in the final 90 seconds wow that's quite Final two drivers. Can't quite imagine how this is working. Yes, it's likely to make the end of the session a bit more dramatic as drivers who are out there are trying to avoid getting knocked out. 
But I wonder whether this is going to stick simply because if you do this format, you are going to have, at the same time that you've got drivers trying to put in a quick lap, to avoid being eliminated, you're going to have a bunch of other drivers out there who have to keep circulating, because that's what the rules say, mm. who aren't trying to set a time. They're going to be lapping slowly. They're going to be getting in everybody's way. Mm-hmm. That's a safety issue. This sounds like this is setting it up well, for safety problems. Well, what I they're think. doing, as, as far as I can tell, is that they appear to be packaging it so there is an event every 90 seconds. You know, ah, that one's gone. Oh, that one's gone. Yeah. Rather than at the end of the session, they're spreading it as soon as the action starts. Well, after the first... What is it? Seven minutes of the first sixteen-minute no, session or something. Seven over ninety times two of its second one divided by yeah. the number of drivers, yeah. which is fourteen plus yeah. you, one you, plus you, nine is uh, pi yeah. to four. The yes. Two. Yeah. So it's so, good and simple to understand. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Is it Q one R squared or is it Q three? Unless we've uh, massively misunderstood the yeah. crucial part of this, which is that none of this takes place on the track. It's all happening, actually, inside a massive wall of death. Ah, I like the way you think. Now I'm watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It would actually have quite a radius, that wall of death. Oh, yeah, it's going to be huge, because there's going to be 20 cars inside it. But, my God, what a spectacle. Now you're talking. We're talking about 3D thinking here. We're thinking two-dimensionally in Formula One terms. Let's get them up on their sides on a wall of death. And we're always told that F1 cars can drive on the ceiling. So uh, sticking to the side. Side is not as hard as top Mm -hmm. of a tunnel. Side of a wall of death. Oh, the noise as well, because maybe you could sell seats in the middle. Yeah. And the sort of rotating seats. The, the reverb around as they oh, just 20 like cars. Sense. That's again answering the criticism oh, the cars don't sound exciting enough. Well, yeah, 20 of them, in the middle of the like a depth. bunch of hornets inside this enormous mm. temporary superstructure, yeah. because obviously it's got to travel around the world. Yeah. 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 Rendering it exciting and, and as well, because it might whole, give way at any moment. You're not going to run the whole race on your wall of death. No, no, it goes yeah. back to the track yeah, for the yeah, race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be yeah. silly. But seriously, when are they proposing to start this? Well, if they're going to do this, when are they going to do it? The change will require ratification by the World Motorsport Council, which meets next on March the 4th. Soon, then. Next week. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting to be talking about that at this point in the show. We've had two days of testing so far. I was just going to talk about the look of the cars, but suddenly we're having to talk about the racing. So, Haas, obviously, it's testing. You can't retain anything. But it seems like Haas weren't too far back, so that's looking potentially promising for them, as long as they don't have too many bits falling off the cars, you know. Well, they lost a wing, didn't they? They did lose a wing, yeah. Um, Play a game with you. I'm going to read out some nomenclature, right? Can you identify the car from the nomenclature? If I say uh, RB12... Red Bull... What are we doing here? You're guessing the team. Okay. RB12 is a car belonging to... Red Bull. Red Bull. Easy one. Yeah, yeah, okay. W07... Or is it W07? How did Mr... Oh, I've given mm. the answer now. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it W07, they say? Or it's W07. I, I think or W. Yeah, I think isn't there some... W07. Double 07. Double 07. Yes. Yeah, it's, so it's the Mercedes. The Have you seen the air intake on it? It's like something from the 70s. They've got this massive etch-a-sketch-shaped air intake behind Lewis and Nico's head, which is sort of segmented into clearly three separate sections, and they're venting air to different parts of the car. Innovation! like it. I call it the big gulp. It looks like a bloody great big gulp cup of Coca-Cola. It's huge. Okay, FW38. Will I am's. Williams, yeah. Will I am yeah. Frank Will I Am's yeah going for the hip young I'll try uh, out there yeah. Frank yeah VJM09 
Oh, Force India. Yeah, I, that's why there's a South Walian team in Formula <laughs> One now. Yeah. RS16. Oh, Renault. Renault? Yeah, Very yeah, good. Renault, yeah, and the RS stands for? Renault, Renault Sports. Sports. Yeah. Yeah. How have I they presume. arrived at this number then, do we know? Oh. Well, presumably they're looking back at their F1 history and they're saying this is the 16th F1 car they've built, <laughs> the, si- the 16th season that they've known. It's known. the 16th time they've owned that factory. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's more like it. <laughs> Woo. VF16. Who's the VF16? Oh, I know this one. Uh, uh, that is the pass and the reason is that the first machine tool thing made by Gene Haas was called the VF1 it was called the VF1 the very first one well the category of machine was it not Vertical machines are v- all V. It was a V, and, and then F1 they put the was F the first. first. Oh. Yeah. The first vertical. So VF has become a harsh internal thing. Right. So VFs right. 1 to 15 were all machine tools. 16 is a racing car. <laughs> well, or maybe not. I don't know. Actually, maybe there are other, maybe there are other racing on. cars were also VFs. I don't yeah. know, actually. I'm maligning them. It's an interesting one, though. I like the reasoning for this nomenclature. Okay, SF16H. Ferrari. Yeah. Correct, yes. What was it last year? F15T, wasn't it? That's right, yes. So they've adopted hybrid as their nomenclature this year. Which is interesting. Do you know why? Because last year it was the T, good marketing, because they were putting turbos into their road cars. Yeah. With the 488 came along, before that the California T, particularly Mm -hmm. you could go T, R, T, like like our Formula 1 car. Mm -hmm. The H, hybrid. Does that mean there's a hybrid Ferrari coming? It does. Yes, they are, because Ferrari are getting into hybrid technology for their road cars. Yeah, they are. They have to. Everybody is, but you're right. Ferrari are talking about it. Well done, then. Okay, STR11. Toro Rosso. Yeah. Squadro Toro Rosso. Uh, Scuderia. Scuderia Toro Rosso, I think. It It used to be Squadro Toro Rosso. Actually, is the S not for sugar-free? It's a shameless marketing (laughs) attempt to covertly sell fizzy energy drinks. I love the way that we've got a tag-sponsored engine in Formula 1 at the moment. Tag Heuer, you know. Oh, no, no, we make engines Mm. like we used to. Porsche, who developed the last Tag Heuer engine for McLaren, wasn't it? Yeah, which wasn't a very good one, was it? It was was very heavy. It wasn't a Honda, yeah. But now they're just slapping their bands on a Renault in the Red Bull just to wind Ron Dennis up. Surely he's going to be grieving about that, isn't he, Ron? Uh, No, I don't think he'll experience the human emotion of grief. (laughs) He's got other things to worry about. Talking of which, MP431. We know that is, don't we? McLaren. You'd have thought they'd be called it the M4V by now, wouldn't you? Yeah, they've moved on, haven't we, from MP4? Quick time codex. Surely they should get more modern. And the MRT05, what's that then? That's got to be Um, Manor. Yes, it it? is. Ni Marusha, with their new logo, which somebody on Twitter yesterday pointed out looked like a bastardised version of the London Weekend Television logo. Yes! (laughs) It does, that red, white and blue stripe. Yeah. It's very either British or Russian or... Uh, who else has got red, white and blue? America. And driving the manor was Pascal Wurlheim. Is that how we say his name? Wurlheim? Wurlheim? I'm not even certain, but he's the big superstar of the future. But we'll discuss more about the cars and the drivers in a minute. <laughs> Uh, that's good, Ken. Box, box, box. It's heavy. Whatever. Everything feels pretty good, guys. Yeah, thanks, Ken. It's heavy. Whatever. Go and have a sit down in the back. We'll have a look at the data and get back to you. Okay, see you later. Thanks, Ken. 
It's Kevin! Whatever! Oh no, no, he hasn't got it at all. I know. Look at the car. All the front wing is still attached. It's ridiculous. There aren't any scuffs along the side at all. Just look at the whole car. It's the right way up and everything. Where's the massive structural damage? The missing wheels? I'll tell you what, mate. He's not a patch on the old bloke. Step Petrol! We've got a huge on speed! There's absolutely no point drawing any conclusions about performance of any new cars at this stage of testing, or indeed until you've got through this new overcomplicated qualifying round in Melbourne in three weeks or something, when mm. is it? The season starts in December, I think, doesn't it? It's a very late start this year. But in the meantime, all we've got is the cars to look at. And the biggest news so far is that Ferrari have got white on their car. That's big news. When was the last time we had white on Ferraris? Some in the early Schumacher days, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So it was about 2006 it? sometime around then. Oh, well, they were sort of, yeah, because they had kind of Marlboro branding, didn't they? But yeah. not because yeah. they weren't allowed. So, yeah, I don't know. They announced that car and there was an enormous fuss on social media, from mostly from sort of F1 journos and people who were watching the launch going, oh, my God, it's got white on it. Mm. Really? It seems to be unlucky. This is the thing, because in the past, when there were white Ferraris or Ferraris with white on them, they hadn't done very well. It's like that lucky football strip thing, isn't it? Which is utter nonsense, in my opinion, because this is a game of science, not a game of myths and superstitions. What's the point of that? If you could prove it, you know, if there was a correlation where you had a car painted white, the white paint slowed the molecules of the air down, causing more drag over the car. If you could prove it that way, I'd believe it. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, you can get some physical situations where the colour of a thing or its temperature might affect how fast it's going to drop in a certain... Yeah, infinitesimally, but, but Yeah, yes. infinitesimally, you're not yeah. able to measure it. But the colour doesn't matter, except from the point of view of whether we like the look of it. It's not going to make it any faster or not, but it mm. is going to affect how much you like the car. Mm. Mm. We've had some fast Ferraris with white on them in the past. What about Nicky Lauda's 76 Ferrari 312T2? Is that what it was called? That had plenty of white on it. That big old airbox. That was a beautiful yeah, car. Yes, it did, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's true. Are you concerned about the white on the car, Richard? No. In fact, I'm annoyed we're discussing it because it's <laughs> not a discussion point. They've just painted the car. Everybody else has changed their colour schemes a little bit as well, I think. Except so Sauber. Kind of, Sauber don't seem to have bothered, and so they're going to continue to look like a rather disappointing... Still old, that's still their old car. Formula. Sauber, the only oh. ones, I think, who haven't even brought their new car to the test Oh, but yet. I thought they said Could something about adjusted livery, and it's like it looks the same. I don't it's know. It's got I've, a I've, different I've, sticker on the rear wing yeah. end plate. Mm. Really? Right. <laughs> oh, serious? That's actually the adjust. That is oh, really? The, the oh, difference. God. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. I'm sorry okay. to report. In terms of colour schemes, one thing that did strike me, just at a first glance, I would have liked it if Haas had come up with a colour scheme that was a bit more different to how you expect a McLaren to look. Yeah. There's yes. just, you know, it's just a lot of red and black and yeah. silver. Well, we talked yeah. about this on the show a bit back, didn't we? I think I would have liked them to have gone all out ballsy, bring a bit of razzmatazz to it. I'm thinking a polished silver. Yeah. Mm. Very shiny, like American Airlines planes used to be. That kind of or an Airstream yeah. trailer. Airstream, exactly. Yeah. Airstream, because then again, sponsorship opportunity. Mm. But 
then with a, some kind of Stars and Stripes sort of livery yeah. towards the rear. Yeah. Just so, like American Airlines. So it looks like a massive silver needle bursting through a flag, but in yeah. car form. I like it. I love the concept. If only they'd gone with something like that. Well, it's not uh, too late. Um, yeah. If you're listening, Haas, Haas come on, do it. Do, do it for us. It's a very conservative-looking car, not just the livery, but the car. Have you seen the front wing? Look at the front wing end plates. There's so little detail on those front wing end plates. It makes it look like an F1 car from about five or ten years. Ago. Well, compared to and the front wing on the McLaren wow. and the uh, Mercedes, Mercedes, yeah. insanely complicated. Yeah. Mm. We've got this sort of mouth organ thing going on now. Have you spotted where they've got these sort of slots? It looks just like a gob iron. It's going to make a great noise, that car, when it's panelling along, isn't it? Are they right to take a sort of a conservative approach? Or, uh, Absolutely the right year, thing to or, do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. they just don't know. They've got to get some sort of baseline data, haven't they? But good luck to him. It's going to be hard, isn't it? Even with that mm. great yeah. Ferrari back end and wind tunnel assistance. Well, yeah, and they do have a fair amount of help from Ferrari. It's not just the engine. They've got a bit of other assistance with other bits and pieces here and there, I think. I'm yep. not sure quite how much Ferrari can help them out. But Alan machine, Prost is going to pop by <laughs> and do a bit of helping out. <laughs> Maybe Gerhard Berger. It's like picking football team at school. They've got a row of Ferrari legends. Yep. And they're allowed to pick three of them who can help out. OK, we'll take Nigel Mansell and yeah. A.I.M. Prost and Gerhard Berger. <laughs> and they can all just go and go, well, we wouldn't do that, mate. I wouldn't do that. Maybe they are helping out. That's why the front wing is so conservative. Because, of course, they're all drivers from years ago. They've gone, well, that looks brilliant to us. (laughs) Okay, hire him. He knows what he's talking about. He agrees with our design concept. I've been having great fun saying the names of the two Haas drivers in an American accent in my head. Romain Grosjean and Esteban Good. Tears. It takes about a minute to say, doesn't it? <laughs> Bless them. I, they could have been chosen two better drivers for names to say with a big American accent, really, could they? I know you're thinking whether they could, and there is one, and no one has come yet, has he? Uh, well, no. That's as good as it gets until yeah. you think of something else. But mispronunciation, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the kind of name that you would expect middle Americans to mispronounce. Yeah. Uh, I was in the US recently. I heard someone refer to thigh food. Thigh food? Yeah. What? From Thailand. Oh! <laughs> Thailand, rather. Thai fruit from Thailand. Ouch. Yeah, so Romain grows you. Well, they, they could have had uh, Rio Harianto, who's one of the two drivers at Manor now. How would they say that? Rio Harianto! Sounds like he's going wrestling. And Pascal Hulin Verlin. Well, no one can say that. Pascal yeah, we, we don't know. We don't know how to pronounce that. We can't give them a hard time if we don't know how to pronounce no. it. No, but then to, to, to this is clearly, it wasn't enough to have Daniil Kvyat, who well, nobody's we, quite sure how to pronounce, <laughs> really, are yeah. they? And this is F1's ongoing quest to become completely unpronounceable. Yeah. And he's done very well in DTM, this lad. He's a bit of a mega superstar, you know. He's what, one of those, the, uh, the, a Pascal the, 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 He's the German Andy Right, who else have we got then? Well, Fernando Alonso and Jensen Button in the McLaren. Did you hear what Eric Bouillon Soup said when he was questioned about the first day testing? Uh, So, uh, how do you feel? Not good enough. <laughs> That's really? what he said, yeah, not good enough. Uh, I don't oh. know how I feel about that because, you know, on the one hand, I like the fact that however good they were, he felt they should be better. But on the other hand, you know, I want them to be doing really well this year, so. I don't know. Do you know what? Considering how much brave face putting on there was last season, they must have is that a out. double bluff? 
Do you think the car's actually scorching? And they're going to be and blisteringly quick. For yeah, so he's gone, oh dear, not good enough. Uh, excuse me, I'm just going out the back to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, yeah, they're going to be really laying it on thick. Well, who is it who said well, with only eight days so. testing before the first race this year, it's very shortened testing programme, no one's got time for sandbagging. I don't think anyone does sandbagging. I think they do quite the opposite. I think they run a car with half the fuel tank missing or something to get it light. The McLaren went out with very sticky tyres on, didn't it? And the times didn't apparently look as good as they should have done for a car on very sticky tyres. But as you've said, the times are irrelevant. At this stage, they're just trying to get the darn things working. And it looks like McLaren have been having a little bit of trouble trying to get the darn thing working, which is what they had every flaming race last year anyway Force India Nico and Sergio Perez their car looked quick it was quickest on the second day I believe at some point not that that means anything but you know Force India really really but it doesn't yeah, that's the thing it's irrelevant it's yeah, all irrelevant yeah, yeah. we should stop talking about it now because yeah. it's just irrelevant <laughs> okay let's just not talk about it I saw a funny cat this morning did you yeah it's oh. really funny had a very squashy one of those face. internet ones actually I was just talking you know I was talking to yesterday it was a friend of the show Johnny Smith and he's just got two cats and he told me something which I didn't know those sort of funny rare breedy type Persian cats if they have a very squashed in face as some of them do in yeah. cat breeding world that's called an ultra face ultra, ultra, ultra face. face I know isn't ultra. that wonderful tribute to so Dave there we Stanley. go you see every day is a school day on Gareth a learning Speed. experience yes Gareth Jones on felines so Stefano Domenicali Congratulations on your new appointment as the head of Lamborghini. What are your plans for the famous name? Well, uh, to make the cars a little slower than some other cars, and then get sacked. Textbook. But I will be doing a lot of TV interviews in the meantime. Of course you will. F1's back from its winter holiday, although it's no real holiday for them. They're slaving away, aren't they? Mainly within 20 miles of Oxford. But the rest of us have been on holiday a bit as well. I went somewhere cold. Richard, you went somewhere hot. Mm. You went to California? Yes, I went to California and Arizona. Ooh, hot Arizona. Did you? Mm, yeah. Did you drive a hot car in hot Arizona? <laughs> Great link, mate. Thanks, mate. I did. <laughs> when we were in California, I borrowed a Dodge Charger, which... Oh, like a Charger. Yeah. Didn't realise Dodge made electric cars. Good junk. Thank hey, you. I'll tell you as another side. <laughs> I want to talk about electric cars in another show, but something that's quite interesting when I was in California, you know they make an electric Fiat 500 that's basically only sold in California and I think in Oregon as well, I and that's it. Know that. A third party made an early yes, electric yes. Fiat 500. Now, this is factory. And then, yeah, and this then... is the new one, and it's from the factory, but it's for wow. some reason to enable them to meet certain... Um, cafe requirements, requirements and cafe requirements. Yeah. So they sell it in California. Hang on, cafe is corporate average fuel economy, nothing yeah. to do with coffee in the internet, yes. So this car obviously cost them so much to develop for such a limited market that sweater-wearing buffoon Sergio Marchione, the boss <laughs> of Fiat, actually said, people of California, please do not buy this car really? because they lose so much money on each one they sell. But I've discovered why. It's clearly they need to subsidise the bejabbers out of it. Now, I was talking to a bloke who was leasing one for $99 a month not a lot wow. of money. No, I know. He said to me, oh, my, my 500E, and I thought he meant a Mercedes, that flared wing Porsche mm. built mm. 80s W124 thing. And then he went, no, no, it's an electric Fiat. And I was a bit wow. disappointed with that. I was like, actually, that's quite interesting. Yeah. 
Then I was talking to my friend Pat, who's an Englishman who lives in California, and I said, 500E, and he went, yeah, I've got one. I was like, oh, I forgot. He did tell me he'd got one. I said, yeah, well, I met a guy who's leasing one for $99 a month. He went, oh, I'm doing it for $69 a month. What? Wow. You catch the dealer at the right time. They That's are, ridiculous. And there are free charging points all over the place in Los Angeles and Southern California. So he said, it's as good as a free car. It's yeah, ridiculous. It is, that is ridiculous. So anyway, that's not what I drove. Other end of the scale. The reason, and this is actually, I didn't realise, quite a good link. The reason they can uh, they sell the 500E is to offset the economy and the emissions of things like the Dodge Charger with a 6.4 litre V8 that I was driving. Mm. I'd asked them for the Hellcat, which is the supercharged one, 707 horsepower, I think. And does it actually have teeth painted on the front of it like a Grumman Hellcat's air intake? No, it I don't think so. Oh, but you, maybe it's an option. But anyway, I couldn't get one of those. It didn't have one available for when I was there. So what they lent me was something called the Dodge Charger Scat Pack. What? Yes. That I know. Did it come with a special... Uh, how can I put this? I don't... don't some a kind of glass per, coffee some table. Kind of personal assistant who Wipes. might... If in any moment you want... What do well, you think that means? Scat. Well... I'm, I'm going to allow listeners who have less filthy minds to just Google it. And we don't mean jazz singing as enjoyed by Mrs. Johnny Dankworth. <laughs> Yeah. There is that. Yeah. That's scat that's as well. That's scat as well. Scat, yeah. I thought, what I, was what was... Because it's, it's, it's short of a scatological. It, it is. Yeah. It does yes. kind of... Yes, stuff, it, it does. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. well, because the thing is, it's got a badge on the front grille that says scat pack on it, so it's Ooh. not a secret. And I thought, I, I, that sounds rude to British ears, but I thought, well, it's obviously not in America. It doesn't apply. It's like but a fanny then I, pack. You, know, you, but, you, you can walk up to somebody in the States with a straight face yes, and say, so, have you seen my fanny pack? Yes. Hello. Left it, you know. Yes. And women in America say, oh, God, I just fell on my fanny. And, oh. and, and they don't know why and British giggle. people are giggling. Yeah. Um, it just means bottom over there. But the scat pack in the US, as it turns out, because I checked with my American wife, I went, does, does that sound rude to American ears? And she went, yes, it sounds very rude. Hmm. I was like, well, what are they playing at? I know they used to sell it in the 60s, but I don't believe it's become rude in the last 40 years. I think it's just rude. Anyway. Does it make a big farty Although, sound or something? No. With the engine? Well, actually, it sort of does, because it has a very nice fruity V8. The thing is about the scat pack <laughs> is, that it's a sort of like a really good original sort of muscle car idea that hmm. you're getting the most engine for your money and everything else yeah just it's, so, yeah, it's not, not over equipped it's yeah. not under equipped it's got everything you really want I but got most it of all it's got a big engine it's got a big engine yeah. and then yeah. everything else comes for free nothing yeah. wrong with that so it's got cloth seats for example but that's no, fine that's yeah. alright you've got yeah. cloth seats they're very nice cloth seats and they've got a little bumblebee stitch into them because it's the logo of the scat pack rather than a steaming part let's yeah, not go there okay. so it's mostly engine but that's great and then I got in at the airport it's got a touch screen you know, it's all very modern it doesn't feel like a badly equipped car but then I went oh where's the nav there's no nav oh no we're going somewhere we don't know where we're going ah only later discovered doesn't need nav because it's got its own Wi-Fi hotspot oh we've heard about this so I was like oh god you know data roaming on your phone when you're abroad it's going to cost you a million pounds but you don't need to you just put Wi-Fi on and use Google Maps to navigate around mm. and it works until okay. you drive until up into the mountains oh, yes. to see that? what the car's like on some nice open roads and find out there's no mobile signal in the mountains and mm. the Wi-Fi hotspot needs a mobile signal because it's just a SIM I'm, car but otherwise good idea I'm but, reminded but, of that famous expression which is a man who owns a wristwatch knows what time it is. A man who owns and wears two wristwatches is never certain. And so a navigation well, system... Confucius that is, said that. It, it, it was him, yes, yeah. he invented the wristwatch. In this case, a man who has a Wi-Fi connection knows where he is. But the second you don't, then you're cast into the wilderness. It's mm. not a safe was. place yep. to be. I got it? quite lost. 
but princess, I, I, no Wi-Fi. But I do like this idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, well, it's interesting. They're, they're t- but the thing is, it wouldn't work here because on you having your own Wi-Fi GPS and mapping device. Yeah, which is your phone. Which, yeah, but if you live in the country where you're using it, if I was here and I had a car with a Wi-Fi hotspot, I wouldn't necessarily use it because I'd just be using the data on my phone because it comes for free with the phone. Mm. It's good when you're a tourist. I appreciate it then. It's mm. a minor point and a minor criticism of the Dodge Charger Scat Pack. Don't laugh. Because otherwise, it was a surprisingly excellent car. Get out. Uh, really? I, I, I yeah, and I'm so. not I mean, saying that in a sort of patronising, well, you know, there's funny Americans with the big V8s. Genuinely, that car has a sort of a maturity, if you like, and a sophistication to the tuning of its chassis that you wouldn't credit for something that costs, here's the headline, $41,000. About uh, thirty grand. Well, and shares a platform with what? Do we know? Well, it's Chrysler 300C, and that is distantly related to the, the old Mercedes E-Class. That really doesn't matter. I think it's probably like a pressing in the floor pan and some sort of basic design and suspension is the same. But I think they fiddle with it so much, it's probably nothing's interchangeable. And the point is, it's not really what it's based on so much as what they've done with it. And it's the tuning. You know, I think you can always tell a car where it's got sort of decent quality shock absorbers Mm -hmm. because you know the wheels are kept well under control. So it hits a bump and the springs absorb that. But it's what happens in the nanosecond afterwards when the shocks have to do their business of keeping everything under control. Mm. And you just get that feeling of sort of really, really good, well-judged control with this car. It's not perfect. It's very heavy. You can feel how heavy it is. So I was up on some mountain roads, and you sling it around, but there are limitations. It's a big, heavy car. But, I mean, given that, but you know... You, it's nicely done. You've got that great tradition. You know, it's a great name, Dodge Charger. Yeah. It's a wonderful tradition of American muscle there, and it's good to hear they've done a decent yeah, job. Yeah, it's, 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 it's everything you want. Tradition. It's a big-hearted, very charismatic car, but actually it's more than just a ruddy, great engine that propels you in a straight line. It's mm. not bad around the corners. It rode quite nicely. It was quite nicely made. It felt like a big, sensible, mature car that also had this fantastic engine and could be quite naughty and smoke its tyres all day long. Where's and that I engine really come it. from then? What's from the... a factory. Yeah, well, yes. It's the Hemi. Well, it's the Chrysler Hemi. It is that, a that, push that rod. Same old it's interesting. Really, yeah. Do you know the other thing about it that's really good and again goes beyond the sort of, you think of it being very crude and very simple and it has still got push rods and it's almost six and a half litres so it's a big old thing. Wow. Big old cylinders in there but it revved. It liked to rev. You could really mm. ring it out and that's not always a given with something like that and you know it's sort of and it was automatic it wasn't that zf8 speed gearbox you get in bmws and jags now again the gearbox programming on it was all pretty good and it had paddles and you can bing up and down on the paddles it was pretty good not quite up to bmw jag sort of finesse but actually i've driven some bmws and jags recently where it seems like they've rushed it i'm seeing yellow i'm seeing red no 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 you are seeing purple really yes and better yet muscle car retro They've used the names they used to give the insane colours from the 60s. This one was called Plum Crazy. Wow. And you know what? It was bloody great. That could, that, really, that could be a Ben and Jerry's flame. Honestly, a really oh, nice, really likeable car, and also a much more sophisticated and clever car than you would ever think. I really, really rated it. Should have called it Good. Prince Rogers Nelson, really. That would have done him, mm. wouldn't it? It was. Do you know what? Yeah. The only two people I know who like purple are Prince. Yeah. I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. And my mother-in-law. Oh, very fond of purple. Have you ever seen Prince and your mother-in-law in the same room at the same time? No, and she is exceptionally funky as well. Well, okay, well just think Goodness about it. Me. Maybe. Oh. Just maybe. So you're driving around in a very hot place with a purple car mm. that's very overpowered and quite cool. And went boom when boom. you started it up. And yeah. lots of grip. Yes, yes, it yeah. was. Although grippy, some yeah. squeaking in car parks, sorry, parking lots. 
No, not as much as you think, because actually Ooh. I looked and it was on some pretty high quality, uh, what were they, Goodyear tyres? No, no, maybe they weren't. Firestone. They were proper performance tyres. They weren't mm. those stupid American tyres that are designed to last 150,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. miles, so they're made of rock. And I'm driving around at the same time in Finnish Lapland mm. in, wait for it, I know you're going to get excited, boys, it was a rental car. You know, when you book a rental car, you think, Ooh, it's a Skoda Octavia or similar. I thought, good, Octavia, big boot. I don't like the or similar because it makes yeah, me nervous. Well, exactly. Might, it, it's, it might, always, it's always a lot. So many the times it might as well say so and so or worse. Yeah, yeah. You just go, yeah, yeah. Mm. exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're right. I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever had better than the or similar. I did. It's no. always, you know, well, I, unless you get upgraded. Get Actually, very quickly, we went to Arizona and we flew there, so we had to get another car. And for a few dollars more, they let me upgrade to a Ford Explorer, Ooh. which is interesting. I won't bore you with it because it wasn't as good as the Charger by any means. But anyway, I did, Firestone I, I did because basically they were trying to get me into a, um, uh, a Kia Optima, which is fine. You know, it's mm. an okay car. But the man was insistent that because we had a child, we should have a minivan. <laughs> and my wife said, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're not having a minivan. We're not having a minivan. We'll look like Mormons. We're not having a minivan. And the guy went, it would actually be cheaper if you had the minivan. And I was like, all right, well, what are other options? And he went, I don't know. My sheet is gone. There's a laminated sheet with all the pictures of cars on it. My son had stolen it. it was running around the airport. <laughs> car, car, car. So I got it back and I was like, oh, well, what about one of these? Was this Ford Explorer? Have you got any of those? And he went, yeah, we've got loads of those. Do you want one? And I was like, yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Blended in as well in Arizona, SUV. Yeah, you course, look a bit silly course, a normal car. I blended in. In my brown car, in the snowy wastes of Finnish Lapland, it was as brown as a Ford Capri. This car, really? I'm See, you. my Explorer was brown. It's like I've been saying for years, brown, brown is brown. coming back. Now it's back, yeah, official. Brown. And it was on a Toyota Avensis, which most mm. people might be disappointed about if they went and got a higher car. I wasn't because I knew it would have enough room in the boot for all our stuff. I've had experience of the car before, drove it up to Derbyshire, but most of all, this was the petrol version. Oh. Which meant... I bet it was nicer, wasn't it? The, the engine's built in Deeside in North Wales, ah. about 10 miles from where I grew up. So I <laughs> fell to kinship. I'm serious with this car. But the best thing about it was studded tyres. Have you ever driven on studded tyres, either of you? Mm, Actually, no. I haven't. I mean, I've, I've oh, d- driven on ice, but not with studded tyres. Which, of course, you probably had to have studded tyres if you were yeah. driving in Finland in the winter. In they, the Arctic They wouldn't have let you yeah. on the road without... Uh, we, we left the airport at about 10 o'clock at night... Pitch black, snow, chucking it down, snow on the ground. You've got to drive on that, mate. And the tyres, oh, it's amazing. And it really was. What happens if you get to a piece of just clear tarmac, or does that never happen? On the last day, no, I never noticed any noise at all. The studs are sort of recessed into the rubber. Uh, And somehow, with the distortion of the tyre, managed to poke out... And how it works, I don't know, but I didn't hear that clatter, clatter, clatter. That you yeah, you think it would make a horrible yeah, noise. Yeah, it would be like sort of having to... Like, That's t- quite t- clever, then. So on, on, on tarmac, then just the rubber would be touching it. But because the snow is soft and it's sort of seeping up into the grooves on the tyre, then that's where it Some, finds the... the somehow, I, think, I don't know. But, but if that's the case, why would metal studs give you an advantage over just having another bit of rubber there? Because if all it's doing is giving mm. a bit of grip... Do you know what I mean? It's I, got to penetrate mm. into something Maybe it's like just easier ice. to make a stud out of metal and put it into the tyre. It must be to do with, I bet the value of the metal stud is when you're on something that's more like sheet ice than Uh, when you're on snow. When you're on snow, the grip that you're getting has much more to do with the... um, The tread. Yeah, with the tread, exactly. How it displaces. With the texture of the tyre and the exact compound and how the 
blocks. Well, spread. If it's you're a tyre manufacturer nice. and you're listening, do get in touch and let us know. Yeah, the we, we are actually interested. We really Didn't are. you have a guy? But not interested enough to Did look it up. a guy. The, yeah, we, we were able to speak to him. You had a tyre man. Uh, yeah, I have a tyre man, a Michelin tyre man, who can get talk him, to me about get him on the, I'll get him on the line. Right. I think the whole stud thing works because when I arrived, it was minus 10. The temperature never got above minus 4 the whole time we were there. So we're practically talking permafrost here. Underneath the road, underneath the snow, on top of the road, there will be ice. And I think those studs penetrate the ice and lock onto that. It was such a joy. It was actually quite difficult to get it to break away. I had to use quite and a you're lot trying. Of, I really <laughs> had a good go. I had a great go. A really good go. Because you have to. Because the locals, they all drive like Yuha Kankanen. And if you're out on the road, if you're not doing at least the speed limit a truck will be in the boot of your car you've got to get a move on you've really? got to oh you've got to yeah they wow. drive like fins uh. in order to finish first you've got to be finish and finish first I think you've got to be the first fin across the finish something like that yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it, yeah. and they have lots of other stuff as well the car was brilliantly prepared when we picked it up at the airport and here's a good tip if you ever want a free car for a holiday they warm the car for you right they have the option of plugging it in so you mm. can heat up the system to stop the oil from freezing but at this little airport, I won't name it, in Finland, the hire company I use just start their cars and leave them running in the car park with the keys in. Wow. Uh, and just so when you get in, it's like, oh, it's warm, you know, and it hasn't frozen. So if you want a free car, go to a, an Arctic Circle airport and just go and help just yourself to one. Look mate. for the yeah. cars that are sitting idling in the car park. Yeah. yeah. And they do have this plug-in thing as well. I don't know exactly how it works, but there was a connector. Block heaters, aren't they? they? Is that what it's yeah, called? It would, uh, yeah, they have them in... Block heater. It's just a bit, of, uh, a bit well. of a coil around Heard the block. Heard of never used them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Well, they have electric points everywhere. Outside the place we were staying, at the car box, we never needed it. It mm. was, I think, when you get to, like, minus 30, that's when you need it. But the snow was, you know, twice my height if mm. they didn't clear it. So mm. it and stays there. It doesn't go to slush. It's so cold, it just stays. I also drove two other things while I was there. A bit of snowmobile action, which was fun. Not quite enough fun, because my son was on the back and I couldn't really <laughs> bang it. I did fall off. Was this snow of the racing? Oh, we were on a guided tour. (laughs) It was a bunch of us, about eight of us, on these big Rotax-powered things. Off a track. They have these tracks up through the wilderness. We went and did a bit of that. I was dropping back and letting the guys in front get away so I could then floor it. Hmm. Yes, we did get some air on lots of occasions. And I fell off. It was great. (laughs) And then did a bit of husky sledding as well, which is still driving. I drove a husky sled. Violet drove it and she cried. She was so happy. Oh, I know. There's something beautiful about it, isn't there? Ah, no. There's nothing beautiful about husky sledding. Because huskies have a special skill. Oh, yes. Is this something scatological? I'm thinking. They They don't need to Each husky comes with a scat pack. They can run and poo. Okay. Mind you, so can an old Labrador. (laughs) Our friend's old Labrador when we stayed in the States. I've never seen a dog that could do this that's not a husky. (laughs) He'd be just waddling along and just some poo would fall out of him. Well, this was great. I can see that there could be an advantage to this. I can also see that there's a disadvantage Mm. to huskies being able to. Advantages for them entirely. Yeah, 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 exactly. Advantage them, disadvantage person. Yeah. Being dragged behind the husk. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. the one I did it with, the sled had a sort of shield thing, sort of canvas bag. Oh, really? I think at it's, the front. It's a scatter. A scatter. Well, I think it was just yeah, it's like an early dashboard on an open <laughs> car. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a scat board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think we'll leave it there. You've been listening to Richard Porter. Goodbye. To Zog. Goodbye. And to me, Gareth. And as this is the nearest show to St. David's Day, the tradition on this programme is I play you a piece of music that is vaguely Welsh-related. So here's something in the style of a man who I reckon to be a prototype for Goldie-looking chain. In the style of the mighty Max Boyce. This is Max Pace and a song called Jones the Speed. Happy St. David's Day. Nice to be home. This is a story of a Welshman who attempted the world land speed record. Let me tell you a story, one of my favourite tales. I suppose I should sing it because I'm from Wales. It's about a Welshman, that's no surprise. But when you hear what he did, it'll open your eyes. It's a tale of achievement on the edge of absurd. I should say that this may or may not have occurred. A lad from Sanniglois whose ambitions were great shot for the world land speed record on St. David's Day, March 1st, 1888. La 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 He built a car in a shed in Llangevny that astonished the locals. What he proposed was quite scary. The fastest car ever. Raw speed was his goal. Not petrol, gas, nor electric. It was powered by coal. The doubters all said that he would succeed. But with Welsh engineering, he soon took the lead. Saw the Cymru in Wales. We all agreed. Henceforth he'd be known as John's the Speed. La 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 The steam pressure system came from Wrexham in Chirk. The schematics were drawn on Welsh slate with chalk. I have to admit the steel rail was from York. But the central point for most of the work was Sandvire, Pusquin, Gaisco, Garafuerndrop, where Santi Siliago go go. La 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 He built a track up a mountain, took 26 months, logistical challenges and tech bumps. He overcame them all, made great strides, leaps and jumps, using levers and pistons and boilers and pumps. <laughs> With Welsh mounting gravity and high pressure steam, he built the fastest rail carriage the world had yet seen. It would descend from heaven at a pace that's obscene. A bigger Welsh project, it was painted red, white and green. He said, right boys, I'm ready. Sang his three favourite hymns. He took safety precautions for his head and his limbs. Done his Sunday best jacket 
and a pint and a fag Turned his flat cap round backwards to lower the drag He hugged Jones the chapel, shook hands with his wife Jumped in the carriage and despite the risk to his life And his wife's failing health, he did it for wheels He'd drive it himself La 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 It hurled down the mountain an incredible train A fabulous vehicle, speed continuing to gain Then it went wrong and to his disdain He hit one of those bumps and took off like a plane But although it's quite tragic, being Welsh too, it's comic. He missed the land speed record, but went supersonic. It had so much momentum, it flew like a hornet. It went like a comet and achieved low Earth orbit. Wales erupted, now we were distinguished. We'd left this planet. This win was vintage America, Russia, beaten by British But best of all, he'd beaten the English <laughs> If you've not heard this before, never heard of it mentioned It's either the truth or just another Welsh legend You might doubt that this happened, but do not dismay Ask any Welsh tourist, that track's not gone away It takes thousands of visitors up at Wither most days Known round the world now as the Snowdon Mountain Railway To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!